Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. As promised, joining me now, the head football coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, Michael Desermo. Good morning, coach. How are you? Good morning, Scott. I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Have, have you slept much here over the last week or so? Um, no, I've not, you know, but it's, uh, you know, that's kind of part of it sometimes. So does it, does, does it still sound weird or are you used to it? Uh, UL head football coach. Well, no, you know, I'm, I'm still, that's what, uh, Bruner came down here and he's like, you know, you get a new office with this gig, right? Uh, you know, I was like, well, I said, you know, it's still, I got all my stuff in here. So, um, you know, yeah, it, it's still very new. Um, you know, uh, it's still, you know, obviously very exciting and everything, um, you know, but it, there's really kind of not time to sit around and kind of and, and focus on all those things. There's just a lot of stuff that, that you got to hit the ground running with. So that's what we're we're trying to do. And I'm sure at some point it'll settle in and feel real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you don't have time to process at all because you got too much work to do. I know, you know, I, I guess what billy took maybe two weeks off during the year so uh if it's somewhere like that with you it probably won't be till you have a little bit of time on a vacation where you're like man what what happened this last last couple months have been nuts but you get that coaching job there's early signing day there's a bowl game there's a lot happening let me ask you this coach how often are you called desormo because i, I keep correcting folks it's desermo how often do you hear it and you even bother to correct them no, I don't correct people anymore. Uh, you know, I remember when I first got uh, got to school here, you know, and you're in class and they, you know, they'd say to Zorma, I used to always, you know, correct the <clears throat> teachers or professors, whatever. And eventually after a couple of years, it was just like, yep, you know, that's me. So, uh, you know, I, I don't correct people a whole lot anymore. I still get the Zorma quite a bit, uh, you know, but uh, it's, you know, it's not it's not a big deal. I tell my dad all the time, I said, we can't make up our own minds. Half of our family says Zorma, half of them say Desmo, so... You know, uh, shoot, my dad has first cousins that say he's almost. So, like, I, you know, I can't be mad at other people for that. What, what What's the most the name's been butchered? I mean, I'm around here. I'm sure it's Desermo or Desormo, but, you you know, you played in the NFL practice squad. You you know, you went to Canada in the CFL for a little bit. Like, I'm sure outside of Louisiana, you've probably heard some interesting pronunciations of it. Yeah, you know, I've heard Desmorex, uh, Desmorox, you know, I've heard, I've heard a bunch of different things, um, you know, so I've, I've kind of, I've heard it all, and, you know, it's, uh, it's always kind of funny to hear people, whenever people, you know, I meet them for the first time, they how do you say your last name? Just, just like it, pronounce it just like it looks, and they kind of look at me funny, so, you know, it's kind of, uh, they, uh, they try to, they try to get it right, but it, uh, it, it's, Certainly, uh, takes a little time. You have to be, you have to be, you have to speak the language, so to speak. Yeah, Desmarex, Desmarox. Uh, that's that's unbelievable. Uh, Coach Michael Desmo, oh, I guess. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I've gotten some good ones for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, very important question. No one else cares. Only me. And then we'll get into what everyone else cares about. Uh, what's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? You know, so I'm I'm gonna tell you this. I you know. The Beastie Boys. I, I was I was born in the '80s, so you know the Beastie Boys are a little a little bit before kind of my my prime listening time. But uh, Intergalactic was probably one of them because it was late '90s, I think, something uh-huh. like that. So yeah. kind of, I, I remember that a little bit better. Uh, I liked that one whenever that one came out. Oh, that's a great. One. All right, that's good choice. Well done, good choice. So normally in my first interview with a new head coach, I asked him why they took the job. And most would look at your background and history within the program and say, you know, Scott, you really don't need to ask that. But 
there's a lot of people in your field, coach, who enjoy being an assistant coach, right? Contrary to popular belief, not every single coach wants to be a head coach. Why did you want this job as much as you did? Well, you know, I mean, the obvious reasons and that it, it's it's so personal for me just being from here and, and having played here and all those things, you know, I mean, that that's that's part of it. But like you said, that's not, you know, my, my goal in this thing was never, it was never like, I want to be the head coach here one day. That's what I want to do. That's, you know, I mean, it was, that was never really, when I took the job here, it was never with that type of intention. It was, you know, really just because I was interested in doing it on this level and I wanted to see what that was all about and see if it could be as much fun and see if you can, you know, as much, have as much of an impact on, on the kids as you could in high school. And, uh, you know, truthfully, when, when all this stuff kind of started to transpire, uh, more than anything, it was just kind of like all the people in this building that have bought in and believed in the things that we asked them to believe. And I'm talking about coaches, support staff, players. I'm talking about everybody in here. Um, you know, they've jumped in with both feet and they have just, you know, taken the things that we've preached and the things that we said were important and run with it. And, you know, in my mind, whenever it kind of started to become real, it was like, you know, well, what's going to happen to everyone who believes in everything that we do if, you know, if this thing, you know, if we're, if we're all gone, if someone from the outside comes in and wants to change things. And, you know, in my mind, I just felt like, you know, I believe wholeheartedly in the way that we've done things and the foundation and the blueprint, what we put together. And I know that our kids do. And, um, I know our coaches do. And so in my mind, it was just, I really wanted it. Cause I, I feel like it's just a starting point for where we could continue to go. Um, and you know, I just, I didn't want to see what we had going in to be honest with you. Coach Michael Desimo, our guest ESPN Life. He had the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. I want to circle back to something you said, um, before your explanation, Um, in terms of sort of continuing to ascend with the way things are being done right now. You said you got into it, you know, when you joined Hudstaff years back, you never thought, I want to become the head coach at Louisiana. You know, many of us felt like, (coughs) excuse me, um, I think many knew that at some point Napier's time at UL would likely come to an end, that he would eventually accept an offer from one of the programs that came calling. Prior to last month, did you ever think about it? Like, what was the moment where it went from "I I want to be a part of this" to "Wow, I I you know what I want to be the head coach here." You know, I mean, I think kind of this year, I kind of started to prepare myself for in case I would get that opportunity. Um, you know, after the last two all seasons, um, just how crazy they've been with the the rumors and the you know, really the things that Coach Napier's turned down to stay, you know, in my mind, it was like, well, at some point, you know, there's going to be something that, you know, this I knew this wasn't the last stop for him, you know. Now, he never acted any differently, um, but but I knew, you know, knowing him well enough, I knew that there were other things that he wanted to do. Um, so I kind of started to prepare myself kind of mentally for that in case I did get the opportunity. Um, but, I mean, really, it didn't become real until, you know, Dr. Maggard, contacted me and said, Hey, you know, we'd be interested in talking to you. Um, you know, I mean, you could be prepared as prepared as you want, but you, you have to have the opportunity. So, you know, that was when it, it got real pretty quick. And, um, you know, I mean, I just, like I said, you know, this off season, I knew that, that at some point it was going to happen. And if I got the opportunity, I just felt like, you know, this was something that I really had to pursue, you know, for, for a lot of reasons. And, and like I told you, the biggest one is because of, my belief in the way that we do it and, and, and 
the people in the building that I know believe the same things. The way that the way that y'all do it, you've been a part of various regimes as a player uh, and as a coach. And you know, one of your old teammates, Richie Falgo, was pointing out to me um, how much I guess the the year round schedule has changed for college football in terms of health and nutrition, strength and conditioning. Um, and you know, the amount of people on staff, I mean, you've seen, you've been a part of the evolution of college football in a lot of ways and seen where it's, you know, where it's come from to where it is now, you know, a lot of folks have talked about, you know, your experience. Well, does he have the experience here? Does he have it there? You obviously feel good about your experience. Uh, Dr. Maggard felt good about your experience. Coach Napier, who recommended you very highly, uh, thinks a lot of your experience. So how would you describe your experience in the sport of college football? I know that's kind of a, an open-ended question, but it's that word, that word experience. I've heard it a lot uh, when folks have been asking me about you uh, over the last, I'd say, you know, 36, 40 hours. So from your mouth, how would you describe your experience in the sport? You know, <clears throat> I think that's, I know exactly who I am and I know what I am and I know what people were going to say from the beginning. Right. You know, um, it's obvious. And especially you get someone like Napier who's, who's resonate with all the places he's been, you know, that was something that people raved over. Um, and I'll say this and and I talked to coach Napier about it. I directly benefited from his experiences. Um, I didn't have to go to Clemson and Alabama and Colorado state and back to Alabama. You know, I didn't have to do those things. Um, and I'm not going to apologize for not having to do it, but I was fortunate enough to get to pick his brain and to see and to learn from his experiences because he did go through the ringer. You know, I mean, if you look at his career, you know, he and I've talked, you know, extensively about the changes and having to go different places. You know, he went through some difficult stuff and, um, you know, he learned from every place he's been. Um, he has done a great job of implementing you know, his own spin on things. And I was fortunate enough to get to reap the benefits from that. And, you know, I mean, look, the thing that, the thing to me is that I have seen what works here and I know the formula that gets results here. And, you know, maybe if it was another job, maybe I would need some experience from other places, but I'm not hired to do a different job. I'm, I'm, I got hired to do this job and this is the only one that I care about. So I feel like his experiences have benefited me. Um, and to be quite honest with you, the only thing I care about is, is getting results here, not anywhere else. So I feel really good about it. And, you know, I mean, coach Napier, I asked him, you know, when he asked if I, if I was interested and if I wanted it, I asked him what he thought, you know, because I, I care a whole lot about his opinion. And, um, you know, he was a hundred percent behind me trying to go get this thing. So, you know, that made me feel even better about it, but I, you know, I, I feel good about it because, I've got experience at the place that I need experience to have. Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach Michael Desimo is our guest. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Uh, the player response. I know Dr. Maggard said he talked to the players a good bit. Um, folks have seen the video on social media of of their reaction. Um, I don't... I won't. I don't think you were surprised by it. I think maybe you were humbled by it. Is that fair to say? I'm just on the outside looking in. But was there any surprise from it, or was it more just gratification above anything else? Well, I, I mean, 
to, I was, you know, the first thing I told him is that I was humbled, you know, to be in there and doing it because, uh, you know, I'm not the type of person who ever takes anything for granted, you know, you never really know exactly in that situation, how it's going to go out, you know, how it's going to come down. Uh, I was hoping that we were going to get a good reaction, you know, because I do have a good relationship with them. Um, you know, but I told Dr. Maggie right before, I said, well, I sure hope they don't boo me. I said, that'd be a bad deal for the first time stepping in there. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, no, it was, uh, man, it, it was, it was a good feeling. It, it was, it was a great moment. Um, you know, the biggest thing to me, and I tell my kids all the time, I don't care, you know, what you think about me as a coach, good coach, bad coach, mean coach, nice coach, whatever. Um, as long as they know that I care about them, um, and that I love them and I care about them as people first and the rest of it, it'll be fine. One day they'll see, you know, the coaching part of it. So to feel like those guys really, um, really know that I care about them and that, you know, that they mean more to me than it's just, than just being a job. I think that was something that was really, uh, it, it made me feel really good. And it was something that, you know, that really, you know, like I said, just kind of really, really touched me a little bit. And, uh, you know, kind of got a little emotional there for a second with a couple of them, but it was it was awesome. Coach Michael Desimo, I guess. So when you when you become the head coach, but you've already been there, does the does the relationship between player and coach change a little from okay the offensive coordinator to head coach, or does it remain the same? I don't see why it has to change. I mean, you know, I don't see why it does. I think as a head coach. <clears throat> you know, your job sometimes is to fill in the gaps um, in the staff. So, you know, sometimes you have to maybe take on a different role um, a little bit. And, you know, sometimes you got to be more of the disciplinarian when you're the head coach, if you don't have a lot of those guys, or sometimes, shoot, sometimes you got a bunch of, you got to be the nicer guy, you know I mean? You have to kind of fill in those personality gaps, but the relationship part of it, I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't want it to change. That's the thing that I think we do the best here. And that's the thing that I care about the most. So, no, I want I want every one of those kids on the team to feel like they can come up here and talk to me and feel like nothing's changed as far as our relationship goes. And uh, you know, like I said, you know, sometimes you got to make decisions that that you know that your players don't like, and sometimes you know they get upset. But you know, they know it comes from the right place. At some point, they'll get over it, and you know, you'll be you'll be just fine. But I think the relationship part of it is is what's really important, so that they know it's coming from the right place. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott show. I'm Scott Prather visiting with Rage Cajun head football coach Michael Desimo. That relationship begins in the recruitment of a player. Now, recruiting is a joint effort. You've been a large part of it. Uh, coach Tim Leje is the recruiting coordinator. W- what percentage of recruiting falls on his plate? How much is doled out to the entire staff? And I- I'm, a- I'm asking a three-part question, Coach, so I apologize for that. But the last part of it is, how much less time will, will you now have, I guess, on the road recruiting as a head coach compared to before whenever you were the offensive coordinator? So so first first question, how how much does Coach Leger do? Coach Leger does a phenomenal job, right? He knows this state forwards and backwards. He's got a really, really uh, big – he's got a, a, an area in the state that's very talent-rich, and he's done a great job recruiting that himself. Um you know, I told him, you know, Coach Napier was very hands-on with, with pretty much every part of, of what we did, which, I mean, you know, you totally expect. Um, but Coach Leger worked hand-in-hand with our recruiting department to figure out, you know, what coaches need to go on the road, who do we need to go see, what schools do they need to visit, you know, what's the best way to, 
you know, is it a home visit, you know, in December, or is it better at the school, or how do we go about doing it? So Coach Leger has been, you know, absolutely instrumental in everything that we've done um, on the road recruiting. And, you know, building this thing from, from where we started in, in 2018, you know. Um, so Coach Leger does a tremendous job in recruiting, and he's incredibly, incredibly uh, organized when it comes to that and getting having a plan for all that. Um, you know, the way that it kind of works, the way that we recruit, um, we all have an area, um, and it's, it's, you know, we're divided up and we all have in state area, which, which Coach Napier and myself, I feel is very important, right? Because if we talk about wanting to make the state a priority, well, everyone needs to have a piece of the state because, uh, you know, inevitably we all want to compete. We all want to sign kids and we all want kids from our area to get signed. So, um, I'm, I'm not going to stray from that plan. We're going to have everybody in the state. They'll all have an area. That way, everyone has an interest in signing kids from here. But as the area recruiter, you kind of identify them, right? So going out on the road, talking to coaches, getting texts, getting calls, whatever the case is, you identify who the players are in your area. Once we do that, so you're the first one to contact them when they're in your area. Um, after we contact them, we start building a relationship. We kind of put their, we call it the pipeline, um, their film, basically. So as the area coach, you would evaluate it first. You would say what you think. You would give it rankings, grades, all that stuff. Then it goes to the position coach. So then the position coach watches the tape, ranks it, grades it, all those things. Then it goes to the coordinator and then the head coach. So you've got, you know, potentially four people watching every single player that we ever offer here. And it leads to, number one, you you don't end up, you know, sometimes you see things, you know, through rose-colored glasses, right, a kid that, in your area that maybe you fall in love with. That's a great kid. I mean, you absolutely love everything about the kid, and maybe you see some things that aren't there. Um, well, you got three more sets of eyes to say, yes, you're right, or mm, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, so that's kind of the way that we've done it. Um, and to be honest with you, it's the best way I've seen it done, just because it puts more people. You get more opinions, right? And uh, you know, I think it's good to have opinions, especially when it's differing opinions, because then it makes you sit down and say, okay, well. Why are we seeing it different? Um, so that's the second part, right? That's how the staff recruiting works. And then the third part, you know, whenever, uh, as the head coach, there are certain times where you can't go on the road to recruit, um, particularly in spring. Um, so there's 42 days in the spring, typically, that we would get out and get on the road. Well, in the spring, as the head coach, you can't. Um, so there's there's some things that, that I'm going to do uh similar to the way he did it in the springtime where you can still be active in recruiting and you can still evaluate, get a jump start on some things. Um, but you kind of have to do it from the office, um, you know, and, and that's, it's something that I think we've got a pretty good formula for how that works. Uh, and, you know, it's something that I'm, that I'm certainly planning on keeping going. Um, Cause I think that's one thing we've done really well here is we've recruited really well um, the past four years. And, and obviously, um, you know, there's not much more, important than recruiting and you know i mean that's good players make you a good coach a lot of times and we got to keep getting good players lifeblood of a program uh michael desimo our 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 guest right now louisiana raging cajun head football coach Uh, a few things in regards to the staff obviously you replaced billy napier um with the promotion are you uh my guess is and i think dr maggard said as much yesterday but 
is your plan to be the play caller uh, in addition to to being the head coach? Yes, I am. What? How much? How much? You know, I know with with Billy, he would uh, he would have a lot of people in his ear, and he would get their feedback during a game. You know, ultimately, you make the final decision. But but how many folks on game day do you plan on you know being involved in that process? Well, I think there are certain times for all that. You know, I mean, I you know, I think when you're calling plays, it's important that when it's time to call the play, there's it's it's clear and it's you know it's the play caller has time to think. So our communication has always been between series, after the series, at halftime, on the sideline. That's when the bulk of our communication takes place because that's when you have time to think. That's when you have time to say, okay, this is happening. You know, when you're in between plays and you're in the middle of a series, uh, when you start hearing, we need to do this, we need to do that, well, it it, it gets, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it gets pretty hectic, you know, and that's not, that's certainly not what you want. So, I mean, the way that, that our communication takes place, you know, between every series, I think that's something that's vital because um, everybody's responsible for watching something specific, you know, um, whatever, maybe whether it's their position or it's the secondary or it's whatever, you know, everyone's responsible for watching a certain area. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't get the whole picture without having those conversations. You know I mean? When you're, when you're calling plays, you're looking at what you're looking at, you know, I mean, whether that's the coverage or the front or the edge that you're going to run to or whatever it is, you can't see the whole thing. So that's what you rely on a lot of people to give you good information. And that's one thing that we, that we have here is we've got really good people that are very competent and, uh, and take pride in doing things the right way. So we always get good information and I think that's helped them um, a lot, but that communication between series, it, it's not, it's not in the middle of, uh, of a series. Michael Desimar, I guess. So in terms of the staff, you, you got to replace defense coordinator, Patrick, Tony running back coach, Jabbar Jaluk. I know Ryan O'Hara, has joined uh, Coach Napier in Florida and and some other analysts at some point as well. You got a lot going on, Coach. You got early signing day. You got a bowl game to prepare for. How far are you in the process of of filling those 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 uh, those holes on the coaching staff? Um, you know, some some further along than others. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, everything's a little bit different. But you know, the the one thing. The one thing that I, that I learned and saw from Coach Napier um, and have always appreciated is we're not going to hurry up to screw up. Um, and, you know, that was always his thing. We're not going to push the panic button. We're not going to hurry up just to make a decision. I feel that way. I mean, listen, I, I, right now our priority, right, is, is trying to sign this class and trying to get a good signing class for December. All right, that, That's a priority. And then, the most important thing to me, to be 100% honest, is finishing this season the right way for our seniors and for our kids that were a part of this special season. That's the most important thing to me. Um, so, you know, we've got good people in this building. We're going to have, you know, we did, we lost some really good people, lost some key people. But people, other guys are going to step up. They're going to do their job. They're going to do a great job. And we're going we're gonna to prepare to win this bowl game. That's the most important thing to me because, you know, it's about these kids getting this opportunity to finish it the right way. Um, so, you know, we're recruiting, we're burning, you know, we're burning all, all the candle at both ends, right? But the, the important thing for us is going to be to make sure that we send this senior class out the right way. And right. the rest of it, we'll hire coaches when it's time. We'll, there's a second signing day. We'll regroup and we'll put together a good class. But 
that's that's the thing that's pressing right now. I understand. This is my final question in regards to the staff, and it's it's not so much in terms of specifics as much as it is numbers. I know Coach Napier. You guys had a lot of lot of individuals, whether they were coaches or analysts. When you were talking to Dr. Maggard about what you wanted to do, and you've spoken a lot about continuing this process of of what Coach Napier and all you guys have built over the last four years, how important was that to you when it came to contracts that included, I guess, staff allocation and 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 having, I guess, the proper finances to get enough people and, and, and as big as staff, I mean, is your plan to do, I guess, similar to what Billy did in that regard? Is it slightly different when it comes to the, the entire staff underneath you? You know, I mean, to answer the question, like just in, you know, yes, no, yeah, I mean, it'll be very similar, right? Um, there, I mean, there's going to be some difference. I mean, everybody's got personal differences, you know, whenever, even if you're going to kind of use the same plan. Um, but, you know the thing. The thing that that having the people that we have does for you is it. It you know, look. This job is is you know coaching football is it's tough a lot of times. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. It um it makes you know it makes your life a whole lot easier. You know, a lot of these guys. I mean, they help in recruiting. They help us organize recruiting areas. They help us getting you know talking to kids, getting them here for games, getting them over to campus. Um, and then the football side of it. You know, right now we've been on the road. You know, we found all this stuff out on Sunday. We came in Sunday afternoon, made a plan, and got on the road. And so right now, all of our coaches are on the road recruiting, um, and we got a bunch of guys that are in here that are grinding, uh, working on getting ready for Marshall, so that we can come in and practice and, and get ready to go for that. So, you know, how would you do that if you didn't have that type of support system? You, you've yeah, got. I don't think. Yeah. You could. Yeah, it it would be it would be awfully difficult. Speaking of of early signing day, coach, I know you can't speak specifically about players uh, per rules, but but I mean, just in general, how's it going? I mean, you have a coaching change. Uh, it, granted, it's a promotion, but but how has it been in regards to this this signing class, uh, early signing period, which is coming up next week? How's it looking for you guys? It, it's it's good. You know, we're excited about it. Uh, we feel like we're in a really good spot. Um, with these guys, you know, obviously, um, with all the change that's happened, you know, when Coach Napier announced that he was taking another job, um, obviously there was a lot of hesitation. And, I mean, you know, certainly you understand for these kids this is their future. Um, and and you, you understand the hesitation. Um, you know, some of them have had no, you know, hey, we're good. We're 100% in. Let's go. Some of them, you know, have, have said, man, I, you know, I just, you know, kind of took me by surprise, got to figure it out. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, you got both, you got both kind of scenarios. So we feel really good about it. You know, probably going to have to sign more in the second period. Um, then if everything would have stayed status quo, just because of the timing of it. Uh, but like I said, I mean, things happen all the time. It's not about, it's not about panicking. It's about making sure you do due diligence and get it right. And at the end of the day, you know, whether they sign in, in December or they sign in February, that's, that's really irrelevant, you know, at the end of the day. So if they sign in uh, February, it just gives us more time to love them up, more time to build relationships with them, and more time to show them that we're the right place. So, uh, you know, we're, we're we're excited about it about it either way. You know, whether we do it in most of them in December or February, we're, uh, we're, we're ready for the challenge. And, uh, you know, we'll go out there and try to get the best ones and try to make them Asian Cajuns.
you know, typically you guys, after a signing day, you, you get together as a staff that night and, um, you know, maybe have a few adult beverages and, and, and just exhale a little bit. Uh, you're not going to be able to do that next week because you got to play a game. Uh, it's it's bowl week. You, I think maybe the team will be in New Orleans already. I'm not really sure. But how difficult is it with the schedule next week with having an early signing day and then having – you know, a bowl game, as you said, your goal right now is to send this senior class off the right way with a win. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> when you sit down and kind of put pen to paper and you start talking about the things that you got to do to get ready for everything coming up. It, it, there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, but, you know, this is this is this is what we do. Um, you know, there are times in our schedule that are that are absolutely crazy and hectic. Um, but it's usually followed by by a little bit of a slowdown. So, you know, the, the the thing is, is that you know I work with a bunch of guys who are really, really professional, and they understand the grind that's involved, and they know that hey, it, it's gonna it's gonna be rough for a little while, and then once we go out, go play this bowl game, go win this bowl game, um, we'll be able to regroup, kind of get our bearings set again, re- press the reset button, and then uh, and get ready to do it again. Um, but we will have some time after that. Everybody knows that. And, um, you know, I work with some dudes that they get it. They know the, they know how it works and, uh, and they're ready for that challenge. So a lot of stuff going on, but I got the right crew to do it. And, and I've, with that, I know 30 minutes is, is a lot of time for you as busy as you are. So these are my final questions. Uh, I have two. your goal as a head coach. You've made it, you know, clear, obviously it's to win and it's continue this ascent. How do you accomplish that? You know, if my goal is not to win, like that is not the, that is not what, that's not what I'm all about. The way you accomplish it is really what it's all about, right? You, you try to make, you try to make football an avenue for people to better themselves. And I think you do that by, you make it hard, right? Every day is hard. There's a challenge every day that you come here. There is no easy day. There is nothing that's going to be easy about it, right? You're going to have adversity in that which is going to, you know, everyone's got to go through adversity to grow. You don't, you don't grow and you don't change if you don't have to go through things that are difficult. Um, and, you know, in football, the thing that I love about this game is that, number one, it takes, I mean, a hundred different types of people to make a team. You know, you've got everything from, you know, we've got a, six, a guy that's 6'8", 350 um, to, you know, five, six, 155 pounds. You've got everything in between. Um, they're all different. They've got different body types, different backgrounds, different makeups. They talk different, all that stuff, but they're working for one thing in common. And then you learn that it's not about you. So that's what the goal about this whole thing is, right? The goal is that you're trying to build better men and trying to equip them for the future. And the byproduct of that is that you win. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's the only thing I care about is winning because it's absolutely not. Um, now, I mean, I think you know me well enough, and most of the people probably that are listening to this know that I'm pretty competitive. I like to win as much as anybody. Um, but this program is going to be about having guys that represent this university, this community, this state in a way that we're all proud of. And that's what we've done. That's always been since 2018 for sure. You know, that was very clear that that was the goal. And, you know, you get into coaching because you want to make a difference and you want to help people grow. Um, if you get into coaching just because you want to win, well, 
then you're in it for the wrong reasons. So that's never going to change for me. UL head football coach Michael Desimo. Final question: Why is this place so special to you? Oh man, uh, I mean, how many times have they given me a chance? Um, you know, as a player, you know, they gave me a, a full scholarship, you know, to come here and play football when I didn't have a lot. Um, I didn't have many scholarship offers. I, truthfully, um, you know, they gave me a chance. Uh, Coach Bustle put me in a position as a young player to get the play, to get an opportunity, got a chance. Um, you know, when Mark Hutspeth and George Munoz and Troy Wingerter called me in 2016, um, you know, when I was a high school coach, uh, they gave me a shot to come in here and come do it. Um, Dr. Maggard, Coach Napier, you know, in 2018, gave me another shot to stay on when, you know, with, with what was going on here, the, the, the winning and the things that were going on here, you know, um, I was really appreciative of. Uh, Coach Napier's continually given me opportunities to better myself and, and become a better football coach and to grow in this profession. And then now, I mean, Dr. Saba and Dr. Maggard, um, giving me, you know, the ultimate opportunity. So, you know, when I say it means a lot, it's personal. It's because, you know, I'm a very loyal person. And, you know, this place has given me opportunities that not a lot of people get. And I'll never take it for granted. It, and I will never uh, – they'll never have anybody that wants to win and wants to do it right for this place more than I do. Um, it's 100% personal. And to me, it's something that – I love the trajectory of this place. I just, I know, I always felt like it could be like this. And I just think we're just getting started and it's a jumping off point for us. Louisiana head football coach Michael Desermo has been our guest. He will be formally introduced as the new head coach today at 3 o'clock in the Russo Park Stadium Club. It is free to the public. Doors will open at 2. Coach will speak as will Dr. Brian Maggard and University President Dr. Uh, T. Joe, I'm sorry, I still call him that, Dr. Joseph Savoie. And um, it, uh, <clears throat> Mike, I, I haven't told you this the whole time. Um, I probably should have led with this, but congratulations. And I know how busy you are right now. So I appreciate you taking as much time as you have this morning. I know the listeners appreciate it as well. All the best. And uh, I look forward to talking to you many more times in the future. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And um, can't wait to get this thing started. All right, Cajun. All the best. Take care. That is Louisiana Ragin' Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo. We'll take a minute to...